Welcome, everybody. Episode two of the Do The Move podcast. My name's Chad. You don't give a fuck about me, but everybody else, introduce yourselves. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm uh, John, or King on Instagram. Um, I'm the AV guy. I do all the editing, all the videos. I say some stuff occasionally. I'm Tyler. I'm friends with a couple of these guys. Some of them I just met. Um, I was just invited. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what they're going to ask me to say, if anything. I'm just here to uh, talk about wrestling with some cool dudes. Um, but Jay Thy King and Sean Haber over there, two of my best friends for probably seven, eight, maybe nine years now. Um, so I'm really excited to be in the Zoom with them because I moved away um, years ago to California and they're in Chicago. So let's talk some wrestling, boys. I'm uh, Sean, uh, friends with some of these goons, met a lot of them Sunday at Forbidden Door. Um, I'm here to talk wrestling as well. I don't have a hell of a lot of time, unfortunately, because I'm on my lunch break and I look like shit. But uh, yeah, glad to be here and do the move. Hi, everybody. I'm George, the last real G. Um, glad to be a part of this podcast. <laughs> um not my first podcast, oddly enough. I actually have hosted two podcasts in the past, uh, not wrestling related, but uh, I've got some experience here. I'm glad to bring it here and uh, help out with everything. And uh, hopefully we can all uh, make this a big success and, you know, obviously do the move. You already know what time it is. This is Rich Like Money. What's up, y'all? Uh, excited to talk all things wrestling today. Uh, had an epic Forbidden Door live. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, I'm a fan of Kazushi Okada. Uh, you know, Okada. Okada. But yeah, excited to be with a bunch of great dudes over here and talk everything wrestling. So do the move. Yo, yo, <clears throat> Bobby's in the house. Here I am. I am here to give my thoughts on this crazy weekend on wrestling. Man, we have a lot to talk about, boys. Let me go ahead and pass this over to my chef here, Joey D. Thank you, Roberto. This is Joey here, fellow chef, natural heel, here to spread the controversy, usually with Brian. So, Brian, I'll pass it to you, sir. Well, from one person who's a negative Nancy about wrestling to a man who's positive patty when it comes to wrestling i love all things wrestling welcome back guys to do the move uh, i'm excited to talk about forbidden door since you know most of us were there live as you can see my vocal cords still recovering from said event so i'm excited to get started to talk about this whole card what's up guys how you guys doing beautiful day outside you know what a good weekend everybody uh yeah do the move Right on, man. So, got a couple new faces here. Uh, apologize if uh, I keep butchering everybody. Uh, some of us haven't actually met in person before, so uh, it's pretty cool. We're going to get to talk about wrestling, drink some beers. I got a couple lined up next to me here. Uh, just have a good time. This is what it's all about. So, all about bringing people together and doing fun shit like watching wrestling. So, so I guess we could start with the, the buy-in. Uh, I'll pull up the matches here. We can kind of go everything you know, one by one and then overall and uh, go from there. I'm Aaron Solo and QC Mar Marshall um, versus Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Um, I feel like that was like a, a fast paced match. I mean, had some good action, but there wasn't a lot of selling 
um, from what I saw. Uh, I mean, it was quick. Everybody said QT sucks, whatnot. But at, at the end of the day, I mean, it's a opener. QT is always on the card. Well, what's good about QT having a match on the card like that is that he's basically the warm-up match for everybody in there. So, um, you know, I enjoyed that match a lot. I mean, I wasn't too happy with, uh, you know, QT Marshall because, you know, he's a heel. We got to boo the bad guys over there. Um, but uh, Hiroki Goto really, like, surprised me. I, I don't watch a whole lot of New Japan, but I am familiar with the wrestlers from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, it's uh, It was super cool to see those guys live uh, in the U.S. for a change instead of having to fly out to Japan. But um, you know, I mean, there's there was three matches on the buy-in, if I'm not mistaken, right? There was that tag team match between the Factory and uh, Hiroki Goto, and who who was the other one again? I'm sorry, I mispronounced that. Uh, yeah, uh, Yoshihashi. Yeah, Yoshihashi. There was a Yoshihashi. singles match: okay. uh, Lance Archer versus Nick Camarado. I think that was added <laughs> last minute, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so because that one wasn't advertised a whole lot, and um, I, I think was Lance Archer. I feel like he was sort of doing double duty. He was both AEW and New Japan represented, but I feel more so for New Japan since you know he is. Yeah, well, Lance is uh, is a member of Suzuki Goon uh, in New Japan, so he uh, right. definitely gets that pull. Mm-hmm. So that match, I thought uh, it was it was pretty quick paced. Uh, definitely Lance Archer's style of match. Um, always enjoy a Haas fight. Never never get tired of that. And then uh, Max Caster and the Gun Club facing off against the LA Dojo. I mean, crowd was we were there. Crowd was hot for Caster and the Gun Club. Not a whole lot of love for the LA Dojo, though. I was I was actually really surprised that I mean, even not a peep for the LA Dojo. Did you name yeah. all four members of the LA Dojo in the match off the top of your head right now, though? No. Off the top of my head, personally, no. Like I said, Joey, I don't watch a whole lot of New Japan, which, you know, I, I'm perfectly comfortable with admitting. Uh, New Japan, they also have a uh, an LA Dojo, and they're starting, you know, like USA shows as well, too. So not only... What's that? New Japan Strong. New Japan Strong. Thank you, Rich. Oh, my goodness. I almost forgot the name of it. But, <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, yeah, uh, that that's definitely got to be some new territory that I'm gonna have to look into. First, Franklin Keefley and and Yoshinobu Katamura and El Desperado. Oh yeah, yeah. Were was the tag team match, and if you have been paying attention to um, AEW Dark, uh, well, right before it was the Battle Royal where Swerve and Keith Keefley were in it for the interim, um, the chance to face John Moxley. Uh, for the uh, interim AEW World Championship, uh, Swerve dumped Keith over the top rope in the Battle Royal, and then there's been some rift between them uh, on AEW Dark, and then there there's a little trust issue, and they're trying to figure it out. And from that match, there there was like uh, a miscue where Swerve actually hit Keith Lee in the face. I think he was trying to hit, uh, I don't know who was in the ring. I think it was Kanemaru. I think it was Kanemaru. Yeah, Kanemaru was in the ring and it's like, oh no. And But they didn't really go into to it at all. I don't know if there's going to be a, a heel turn in the future for Swerve. Uh, 100% there's going to be a Swerve heel turn. 
Or it could be could be a Keith Lee heel turn. No, no, no. I Keith, don't know if that'll work. Swerve seems the dirty one. See, I feel I feel like a Keith Lee turn could somehow work, but Swerve is one of the more likely to turn out of the two. Facts. I feel like I, I feel like Keith Lee could be a heel though. I mean I, Look at the size of him. Monster heel. Look at the size of him. This man can manhandle anybody on that roster with ease. You guys yeah, saw but, but how he tossed him, uh, tossed uh, Isaiah Cassidy, I think it was, on his debut. Oh, so, yeah. That yeah. deal was epic. Was yeah, a- but Swerve, yeah. Swerve works better, in my opinion, as a heel, especially as a dirty, sneaky heel, like where you, you, know, you can't get your hands on him, and Keith is just trying to get his hands on him for weeks on end. And it'll, the big payoff will be when he finally does and puts him through a table or something. Swerve is a star. I, I mean, the final two minutes of that match, it was like he got the Mario mushroom and just went insane. Like that double stomp to the guy who was hanging by the feet on the outside. I think the, that was the first standing ovation of the night. And that was in the buy-in. So just further adds fuel to the fire that, not to go back too far, I, I firmly stand that uh, he and Keith Lee should have won the titles off of Jurassic Express, the last pay-per-view. I, I'm, I'm a yeah. firm person in that, but Swerve is a future star. He is a star now, but hey, stars aren't always on the buy-in, though. That's all I'll say. I'll disagree with you on that tag team title uh, debate, but, uh, but you know, they are, they, Swerve is definitely talented. He's definitely got everything needed to be a big star with this company um it's just a matter of you know building him up and putting him into the right position to do so um but Keith Lee such a a presence that you you can't ignore him um and you really need to say you know look at Keith Lee and say what are you going to do with this guy you know down the road because if you keep him in a tag team you're squandering him to you know to a certain degree but once he gets into singles competition you know it's a whole different game I mean, they were squandered on the buy-in, though, in my opinion. Chad, you're nodding a little bit and folding your arms, so I think you got something he's, there, he's not. He's not wrong. I mean, look at all the other big guys that they've got that are just part of tag teams or they don't do anything with, you know? Uh, but if you gotta if you got to set the tone for the night, though, I mean, who better to trust than Swerve and yeah. Keith Lee? Those are two guys, yeah. two familiar faces that the crowd will know, especially for the buy-in purchases. Uh, or not purchases, but buy-in viewers at home who still haven't purchased the pay-per-view. So if they see Swerve and Keith Lee, that might give them a little bit more edge to buy the pay-per-view and see, well, who else is on AEW programming? Uh, especially if it's like their first go around with AEW. That's that's the only thing I'll interject with in terms of like Swerve and uh, Keith Lee being on the buy-in as opposed to the main card. So let's just go through the card just real quick. And then um, at the end, we'll do our best and worst. Our best match, worst match, and then favorite overall moment uh, from from this huge card. So let's start with the the wizard, Chris Jericho, um, the newly uh, initiated heel, Sammy Guevara with Ty Conti. Again, congrats on your nuptials. Uh, and the angry, evil grandpa that we love, uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, Willer Yuta, um, and Shota Umino, also known as Shooter. So, thoughts? Take it away, gents. Uh, definitely glad to see Suzuki and uh, Kingston go at it. That was uh, 
pretty fucking wild. Just the chops back and forth. I mean, you could have probably watched that all night just the way they were going at it. So uh, probably my favorite part of the match by far. Um, I, uh, I get Jericho and his super teams that he keeps putting together. I'm kind of over it, but obviously they need to do that to get more people on. So, um, you know, that was, uh, I don't, I don't even remember what my prediction was for that match. I probably picked Jericho, but, um, yeah, I don't know. We, we recorded a whole predictions thing and I, I don't think we did anything with it. So <laughs> I, I forgot where I stood with this one. Well, I really liked, uh, I really love seeing Suzuki every chance that we can get. Suzuki is by far the scariest person I have ever seen from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, not to mention, you know, I, I, he was the only person I was cheering for on that side of this, uh, uh, on that side of the uh, ring because Jericho and Sammy Guevara, I get it. They're talented. I get it. But uh, they have way too much exposure at the moment. So I was very happy to see, you know, Wheeler Yuta get like such a great ovation. Eddie Kingston, of course, gets always gets a great ovation. And of course, uh, Shoto Umina, uh, very, very talented guy. Uh, still learning about him himself, uh, myself, but uh, he's definitely, definitely uh, one of the better performers that I have ever seen. Yeah, I was going to say, this match was, you know, it's definitely just a good startup match. Get the crowd into it, get get them behind, you know, get them behind the show. Um, obviously, Jericho's a professional through and through, can really just work a crowd and do what he needs to do to get everybody, you know, going. Uh, Suzuki, obviously one of the greatest of all time and one of the scariest men in the ring. Um, and then I hate everybody hates Sammy, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, as far as the other side, I mean, Kingston, you know, he's got this whole feud with him and Jericho. I'm, I'm with Chad on this. It's got to stop at some point. I hope that this blood and guts thing will be the end of it. Um, uh, Yuta for God's, we love Yuta. You know, he's our guy. He's our, I just got everything going for us. It, you know, it's a great thing. Um, and Shota Umino is an, you know, I love Shota, you know, when he was with Moxley, I'm kind of not sold on him and on his own right now. I don't like his look, but you know, he does work hard in the ring. Um, and I hope that, you know, that he leads to that at least to bigger and better things. I kind of hoping for a gimmick change down the line with him. That being one of the matches that I actually watched, uh, it was a long pay-per-view and I didn't know that I should be preparing for this, but my favorite moment of that whole thing. And sometimes it's like how something so simple in a match can be like your favorite part and just, just a chop off between Eddie and Suzuki was the most intense, exciting part for me to watch. That was so much fun because they're of the same breed. Those two, they're just Mack trucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anytime, you know I mean? anytime you watch uh, Suzuki, I, well, and the, to, well, yeah, just, go for it. just specifically with that, you know, you know, we see chop offs all the time. If it's the right people, that makes it exciting. But my favorite part was Eddie started laying them in and Suzuki just walked into them. There was that moment where he had Suzuki in the corner and he was chopping and then Suzuki just kept walking into them. Like, you hit me as hard as you want. I'm going to walk into it and take it even harder. That, it was amazing. And that is why Suzuki is truly terrifying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Angry for real. Grandpa. Oh Angry my god, evil grandpa. Murder grandpa. With, with, with a, yeah, murder grandpa um, with, <sighs> with a cool sock collection. 
All right, yeah. let's let's keep this moving forward. Um, the next match we had was the winner take all for the ROH and IWGP Tag Team Championships. It was FTR who are the ROH, well, Triple A ROH champion, but that I don't believe the Triple A titles were on the line. Um, uh, versus Jeff Cobb and the Great O'Conn, who are the IWGP tag team champs, and then Rapungi Vice, which is uh, composed of Rocky Romero and Trent Beretta. So I'll take my my thoughts. Um, was Dex injury a shoot or a work? Because uh... <laughs> at the live performance, the the crowd went dead after Dex. Looks like yeah, got got pulled out, and I was like, "Oh no!" I think I took off the the hat um, because I was just like, "No, not another injury." But thoughts, thoughts, gentlemen. See, like I when when that happens, I actually like that if it's if it's not serious, if it's not an actual injury, and he's just working it into the match somehow. That's what I like. I like it when we see the uh, blurring of the lines between reality and uh, fiction in terms of pro wrestling that's when pro wrestling is pro wrestling um so props to dax for not only you know uh toughing it out and coming back into the match uh because this match was awesome i personally love ftr so much they're my favorite tag team ever um jeff cobb and great O'Con of united empire those two i could watch those two go at it with uh ftr and rapungi vice as well too rapungi vice super uh uh like they they sold it for me as well too because they uh i feel like we're the biggest underdogs going into this match and pretty much like afterthoughts i feel because not a whole lot of people really wanted to uh, I, not a whole lot of people got behind rapungi vice as opposed to ftr or uh united empire but with both sets of tag team titles on the line, uh, it made for a, a really exciting match. All right, Bocce, botchy moment, because I have to call it out, and Joey, you can call it out too. Paul Turner, WTF, bro. Um, technically, <laughs> Rapungi Vice technically should be the ROH and IWGP tag team. This ref sucks. This ref sucks. I mean, we 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 had our our, our buddy John. Like he could have, he had his ref outfit. We were like, get on out there, man. Um, but should have sent John. But what? I mean, I, I understand <laughs> mistakes happen, but AEW gets crapped on so much. It this is more fuel to the fire. Um, and I'll I'll, I'll pass it to to Joey along. Uh, All right. Uh, thank you for the hot tag. Uh. I feel like, and I said this consistently, Brian, you were sitting next to me. You might've heard me say this too. I feel like the weakest part of this entire show were several ref moments. Yep. Chad, you brought up, for instance, uh, um, not to jump too far ahead. I know where you're going, Chad. I'm going to say it. Not to jump too far ahead. There was a weird moment with Aubrey during the Zack Sabre Jr. match during yes. a submission. I'm, I'm not going to give too many details, but. Oh, I'm gonna fucking the, talk about it. She's telling this uh, the first in this hey, Chad. Let's just wait for that match, but not not to go too deep, but just I, I feel like this was the first in a domino effect of just bad referee moments. Like I, I just feel like that this was the, the weakest part of the show. Which, to be fair, 
if the weakest part of the show are the refs, that means that the guys doing the actual match, the other people in the ring, men, ladies, whoever, are doing a pretty solid job. So it's not a common critique I'll give about AEW's the weak part is the refs, but man, did it stick out tonight specifically. Uh, JT, the king, you, you got a finger up. What's up? Go for it, dog. Uh, Paul Turner was the ref for that match, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, he can go fuck himself. Actually, I only noticed a few botches from them. Um, I was kind of in and out through, throughout the show. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have my full attention to it. Um, but again, from the ones that I did see, yeah, I did re- remember seeing this one. Um, but honestly, it wasn't something that really bothered th- for me throughout the night. Um, that's just me. Oh, okay. I'd probably much harder for you to see with uh, the cameras. I mean, because we're just bird's eye based. Not like bird's eye, but you can see everything right. going on. So that doesn't surprise me as much. No, I'll agree uh, with Bob there, though, but it didn't really take away much from the match since the match was so, like, fast-paced and, like, uh, you know, every tag team got to display their style as well, too. So uh, it really didn't take away from, like, the star power and the magnitude of the match. It was just, you know, one right. of the simple mistakes that, you know, unfortunately, wrestling okay. fans will always talk about. Moving forward on the card, because we, we got a lot of card to talk about. Um, we have the newly minted AEW All Atlantic Championship, even though we had people from Japan, Netherlands, which is Antarctica, but Bulgaria's Atlantic. Uh, Clark Connors is from the well, Washington US. State. So the Washington Pacific State. Ocean. So that's the Pacific. That's the Pacific Ocean. Uh, but uh, yes, the newly minted championship uh, between. Yeah, Malachi Black versus Pac versus Nero versus Clark Connors, who was supposed to be Tomero Ishii. But unfortunately, I feel like this whole damn pay-per-view was cursed with all these damn injuries. Uh, Tomero Ishii was supposed to be in it, but he had a left knee injury. So uh, Clark Connors uh, was the one that replaced him. And I actually give props to, to Connors. Uh, he was my person that... I said in the preview, it's like, you know what? Screw it. Clark Connors, let's let's go. Uh, let's go from there. But uh, I see some hands. Let's let's go with Sean first, and then I'll get to George. All right. Uh, no, I don't think anyone expected Pac. Um, but considering he's kind of like been that guy to like put others over uh, in such a great way over the past two years. I feel like this is sort of his comeuppance and reward for all his hard work with the company and stuff. And I'm pretty excited to see his run moving forward. This was overall a solid match. Yeah, I mean, this match was definitely you know, a great match on the card. Um, You know, you got to feel a little bad for Connors um, because, you know, he really was put in a a tough situation with the guys that he was in there with. Um, But, you know, he stepped up to the plate and really showed that he can be a main event guy when needed. Um, You know, obviously he's still very early in his development um, as a professional wrestler with New Japan. Um, But, you know, I hope that, you know, this leads to bigger and better things for him down the line. Um, Because I don't want to, personally, I don't want to keep thinking of him him as a uh, great value hangman Adam Page. Um, 
but no, he's but he definitely uh, definitely showed that he can go. Uh, but he got he got his ass kicked during that match. Holy crap! Um, but you know, props to all the guys in that in that match. Um, personally, I thought Miro was going to be the one to take take that title away. Um, but I'm really glad that Pac won it because if there was anybody who did deserve it, it was him. He's been a day one guy. Um, he has, you know, given everything to this company. He's been through so much in his professional wrestling career. You know, obviously when he left WWE, you know, how he got stuck there. Um, and then having to go over to Japan before coming to AEW, um, you know, everything with him has led up to this. And I hope now that he gets the, a proper push towards main, you know, main event status that he deserves. So I didn't know that much about uh, Clark Connors coming in to Forbidden Door. I just knew he's a New Japan guy, but I haven't subbed to New Japan World in about two years. Um, but I was I was very impressed by his performance. Sure, he did his his butt whoop for like the first half, but uh, when he got that spear on Miro, that was sick. That was sick, and here the crowd erupt. Uh, I feel bad for that that kid. Well, actually, I don't really feel bad for that kid in the front row. He might have deserved it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he's really imp- impressed me, and it makes me want to resub to New Japan World again. And I think he was part of the Best of the Super Juniors, correct? Anyone? Yes. Uh, makes me want to check out the best of the super juniors just to see his performance on there. So this all Atlantic championship match, it's so many people, so many opportunities and boy, how did they deliver? Because everybody in this match, they played their parts. Well, Miro absolutely dominant in parts. Malachi, such a great technician, such a great striker. Pac finally getting his championship that he was owed. Cause remember, I don't know if you guys remember or not. Pac was originally the, one of the first two guys selected to become the all elite world uh, or the all elite wrestling world heavyweight champion uh, against Hangman Adam page. But then that contract thing happened for, I think it was pro wrestling Noah. And uh, yeah, I'm just super happy to see Pac with a title finally in all elite wrestling. And uh, you know, Clark Connors, excellent job because this guy he can take a beating but he could also dish out a beating as well too i'm very excited to see what clark connors has to uh offer in the future all right now thank you thank you brian speaking of the belt um like anybody have any any takes about the belt i think tyler has got 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 something to say about about the new belt just in general i don't want to spend a lot of time on it because i know we're talking about the card itself and i'm not this is a conversation for another day. I just want to raise the question. How many belts is too many belts? Um, and I don't know if we're there yet with AEW or not. I just know that, you know, you look at other promotions and we get to the point where there's belt after belt after belt. And then they usually help elevate people. Um, there's, you know, there's always good intentions, but eventually it's like, now there's so many titles. You don't mean anything. So like NXT a few years ago, it was like, you know, half the card was title matches at a certain point. So I don't, I'm not saying we're there yet. I'm not saying we're not there yet. I'm just saying it's something I'd love to talk about in the future because we've already got a, a TNT title for TV. Um, you know, would this be the equivalent of like the IC title in WWE? I don't know, but I just, you know, I always get a little cautious when there's a new belt introduced when there's already several out there because how many champions do you need? Even though there's a deep roster, maybe this belt is on dark instead of, the other two shows, I don't know. 
but I do get a little cautious. It's like, are they going to do this right? Or is it just going to end up being another cesspool of belts where it doesn't mean anything? So that's all. Just yeah. want to throw that out there. Not related to the match itself, but the introduction of that new belt. Yeah. Uh, George? Uh, just adding on to what he's saying here, I, you know, like with the, with as many titles as AEW does seem to have, um, you know, obviously this is going to be start to become an issue later down the line, but at the same time, you also have to realize that an ROH, you know, uh, show promotion, whatever might be coming soon. Um, cause they do have uh, death before dishonor coming up and, the rumor is that they're going to announce some sort of television deal or some sort of TV show in a con in conjunction with that. Um, so you may see, you know, some of these, you know, like the Atlantic championship getting defended in ROH, um, which would be fine. It'd be a great little crossover title to kind of keep everything fresh and, you know, get guys over and get got, you know, eyes on people um, and obviously get some recognizable names over, over to ROH. So people tune in. Um, I would love to see uh, Pack go over there and you know mix it up with some of those guys. Um, for you know, God for God's sakes, give me Pack versus Samoa Joe right now. You know, I would love you know I want to see that match. Give me Wheeler Yuta versus Pack. You know, because I mean, obviously Yuta being the uh, the ROH Pure Champion, um, although he does seem to have a contender now in Tony Nese, but that's something for another day. Bullet Club versus Sting, Darby Allen, and Shingo. Hikaleo uh, <laughs> and Hiromu. We're supposed to be in it, but Hiroma was serving as uh, valet uh, for that. So got got our, our thoughts with this. Um, so Sting teleports. That's that's that's, that's, that's pretty much what, what I saw. Like, oh, he's up in the rafters. And then, ah, there he is on top of the tunnel. Oh, he's jumping on Bullet Club. That, that, that's all I, that, that was my favorite part of the match. I don't remember anything else. Uh, Joey, what were your thoughts? <laughs> I just want to point out, and I said it during the show, Sting is more of a wizard than Chris Jericho will ever be for pulling that off. But <clears throat> one thing that I've been noticing, I feel like, not, not to bring up a sore subject in J Jeff Hardy, I, I feel like Sting has now done like more dives consistently than Jeff Hardy has. Like, ha Has he literally done more stage dives or crazy stuff since he's been in AEW than he ever did in World Championship Wrestling or TNA. It's like three or four within the last like couple months for sure. Like this like, man is a 63-year-old grandfather and he's doing this. Like he's, he's got nothing doing... to prove and he's still doing this crazy stuff. So I he's doing it out there. better than Jeff was, let's be real. I would say better than Jeff, but he looked like... Just as often like... is what I'll say. Sean, yeah. it looks like you're <laughs> unmuting. You got something to add to this, sir? I'm just saying he must have tapped in or like doing double time with DDP yoga or something because it's like uh, it's not WCW Sting, it's ECW Sting. It's Sting Jack is what I'd say, but yeah. Sting! Yeah, no, I mean the, the reemergence of Sting, especially from taking that buckle bomb um, like from that injury to him going through numerous tape well the tables forgot which which match that was my gosh there's been so many matches like that seth freaking rollins quote unquote no no yeah with the buckle bomb yeah what's up but i'm talking about like uh in aew i'm trying to remember the match because i think he was with um proud and powerful santana ortiz forgot which match that was but was that the it, cm punk match 
Mm, I don't don't think it was the CM Punk match because that was Punk, Darby, and Sting versus FTR and MJF. Yeah, I I, I don't remember. But but anyways, I'm I'm, I'm happy to see the Sting reemergence, getting like free reign to do some of this wild stuff at 63 years old. Um, I I won't be doing that stuff at 63, uh, but hey, kudos to him. Uh, and I don't know, the Bucks, they, they have go away heat with me. I mean, yeah, two-time champs, but originally it was supposed to be the Hardys, which looking at it. Uh, it's not a good idea. I wasn't a I mean, yeah, granted with real life stuff that's going on, I'm, I'm glad that um, Jeff is in, like, in treatment, you know, wishing him the best, wishing him speedy recovery. Like, we would love to see Jeff come back whole and, you know, get get his get his mind right, get his body right. And, well, hell, Matt, too. Matt, Matt Hardy, both the Hardys, like, everybody's hurt. Uh, just making sure that they can, you know, put on performance because this is like their last hurrah uh, moving forward uh, anyone else have anything to say about about this match can i just be like sting when i get that old because oh my goodness oh my goodness i wish i was I, I wish i'm just as athletic as sting when i turn 63 or 62 <laughs> it's um, like jonathan's got something yeah Johnny. He is athletic as Sting and as good-looking as Billy Gunn. All right. So let, let's do Johnny, then, then, then Tyler. All right. Um, this match, the best part about it was Sting, obviously. And, um, yeah, I, I, I could care less about Young Bucks, Bullet Clubs, Antics, um, yeah, I was. Other than that, it was just like it was just another Jungle Bucks match. But all the silliness, all the goofiness, like at what point does it start to become wrestling? It becomes a, uh, you know, sports entertainment. Like he, at that point, lining up with lining up with Chris Jericho because I get it. You know, it's supposed to be fun, but what to what point is it just fully foolishness? You know, just you know. Super kick after super kick after super kick. It just it just takes the element away from it. Granted, just, that was a finishing move by a, a legend, but uh, yes, yes, yeah, I yes. think I think and most of us agree with that. Let's go, Tyler. Then uh, JT. So Johnny, I'm right there with you with um, super kicks in general. One of my favorite moves, but it does take you out of the element when you see them all the time. Um, an interesting thought i first of all sting is my favorite wrestler always has been because i was a wcw kid i watched with my dad monday nitro for like all of 96 and 97 into 98 Um, i I watched i actually went to a thunder in fargo north dakota i saw the giants later the big show come out on the shoulders of roddy piper because they were going to tell oh sweet um but back to this match um you'd think like younger guys like the young bucks and I have all the same critiques you do, Johnny, so I won't repeat those. I 100% on the same page. You'd think like guys like that would be carrying a guy at Sting's age through this match. And my opinion is that Sting carried this match. Sting and Darby together. Like you take Sting's experience, 
you look at um, how he paced it, like if anyone was calling the match in the ring or if there was any part of the match that was called in the ring, I mean, who knows what they, you know, I'm sure the high spots were planned before, whatever, but anything in the ring, you, I got to think to myself, things calling this because none of this, like I don't watch Young Bucks matches and enjoy them the way I enjoyed this match. And I, I think it was because of Sting, um, 100%. And the other interesting thing too is, um, and I heard this on other podcasts, this is not my original thought, but I agree with it. Um, how many guys at 63 can, not only to care, but just hanging with the with the team like that in general, you know what I mean? Like this guy can jump, this guy can uh, get in the air and not look like he's blown up. He sells for them, like everything that he did was just perfect. And as a sting, fan like like i'm still like the kid in me thing fan like he's the one guy i watch and i'm like 12 when i watch him again he's sorry neighbor kid if you heard that um it 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 was just perfect everything about it and for that reason it was my favorite match but that's just because i'm a mark for sting but man i he carried this match not the young guys sting made that match what it was i got it i gotta believe that that's the case the mystique and aura of Sting just adds to that. And you're right. I mean, he you can tell he wants to fucking be there. It's not like they're bringing back The Undertaker, you know, for WrestleMania and he can barely fucking walk or he's winded after the first two minutes. Like he And he'll only do it for a million dollars. And only do it for money. And I'm, that sucks to say because I'm like the biggest Undertaker fan. Like I literally have his fucking logo tattooed on me because I'm that lame. All right. So I don't know if Brian still has to sign. Um... It is still in the trunk of my car. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I, I know that 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 my man JT will, will edit that in. Uh, this this was the only women's match on the card. And that is an absolute travesty. Uh, like granted, we 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 heard the the post scrum with, with Tony Khan about like all the, the issues with stardom, Tokyo Joshi, but Bro, this was the only women's match on the card. Granted, it's for the AEW Women's Championship with Thunder Rosa as your champion versus Tony Storm. Like, from a technical standpoint, this was a great match. It just sucked because I'm tired of this promotion treating the women's match like a bathroom break. And that pains me. And I pains me to yeah. say and it's and it sucks because those women put on a hell of a show um i went down there with brian sign even though the the usher was like tell me to go back to my seat i was trying to show that we need more women's wrestling should it have even been on this card because it wasn't interpromotional i'm sorry should it have even been on this card because it wasn't interpromotional was this the pay-per-view to have yes, it on it should have Okay, absolutely I'm, I'm just, yeah okay, yeah okay. yeah that, definitely i mean 100 because they yeah, couldn't thought, get anyone I thought the whole else point yes. was, okay okay i just thought the point was we were mixing it up every minute that's the yeah. only reason I i'm not saying it's not a pay-per-view match i just see this you could argue tyler you could argue that uh tony storm point. was actually the perfect opponent for thunder rosa at this point because uh tony storm spent most of her days in japan gotcha uh, okay I was going to say, because remember, she was a staple in stardom over there. Uh, I believe, I want to say she earned titles. I'm not too familiar with stardom, unfortunately. I apologize for that. But she That's spent the most of her... I didn't have. That's the insight yeah, she... I didn't have because I didn't watch stardom. So I appreciate that. And now I have to really yeah. go back and watch it. 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So she spent most of her days coming up in Japan, learning the Japanese style. So I feel like this actually does probably deserved uh, the women's spot on the card. I, it's just a shame that we didn't have more women's matches. Exactly. Yeah. Let me let me, let me move to, to George. What are your thoughts about that? All right. So I, you know, I, I am going to give a very hot take here on this on this one because. I'm not because I'm not gonna lie. I didn't watch this match. I lightly, George. I know. Um, <laughs> of the matches on this card, this was the one I was actually the least interested in. Not because of who was competing, but because there was no. It didn't feel like there was enough at stake for it. Um, at this point in you know uh, Rosa's uh, title reign. Tony Storm is not necessarily a threatening contender yet. Um, while she does have credentials, it didn't seem to me that this was, you know, the time that it was going to happen. Um, you know, and AEW has this thing with titles that they seem to like to do longer runs. And because we're so early in the Rose's run, Tony Storm didn't feel like a credible threat to me. Now, and this is where, and this is where I'm going to get a little, you know, I'm probably going to get some backlash on this. I don't like Thunder Rosa as a champion right now. I don't, you know, I feel that she is a very weak champion that does not elevate that title. I know that's not a popular opinion amongst a lot of people, but she really isn't bringing much to, to keep me interested as a fan. She's got a great entrance. You know, she's got a lot of, you know, a lot of lot behind her in terms of, you know, wrestling tradition and, and background, but right now she does not feel like a strong champion to me. If now, if I'm going to book that women's title to make it stronger, what I want to do with it is to put it on Jade Cargill. Who's got all this, just all this popularity, all this, all this momentum, all the fans want to see her. You want, so I want to see that Thunder Rosa Jade Cargill match somewhere down the line and make Jade a double champion. Now, as far as the you know, promotional aspect of this, I understand Tony Storm has that Japanese background. Um, however, you know, obviously the, with the politics, what they are, and just the situation with booking and yada, 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 we couldn't get a Japanese wrestler over, which I was extremely disappointed with because currently sitting in stardom, and I would have killed for this match, Kyrie Sane is in stardom. Could you imagine Kyrie Sane on this card? The fans would have lost their mind. So I hope that we do do you know that Tony Khan can work this out later down the line and we can get that match. Um, they're talking about doing a Japanese Forbidden Door in Japan, possibly send Rosa over there to you know get get her a, you know an opponent there because obviously travel will be easier and everything like that. So maybe we could have that Kyrie Saint Thunder Rosa match over there, and I you know again that would be something that draws eyes to product. Um, Stardom is a very big promotion in terms of uh, women's wrestling in Japan. Um, as, you know, as much, you know, obviously with the uh, link with Tokyo Joshi with AEW is one thing, but stardom is a note as another level. They are at a level that is equal to, if not greater than new Japan in terms of uh, what they mean to women's wrestling. Um, so getting stardom involved would be a very big deal for AEW and for New Japan, obviously. Um, so again, I do want to, you know, I want to see Thunder Rosa drop this title sooner than later. Um, but 
again, I want to see, I need a credible champion to, to follow her up. And, and that, that's fair. Uh, let's, 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 let's move on to Chad. Well, uh, what's, what's your thoughts? And then... Well, I was just going to piggyback off George there. Um, they're kind of doing the same thing they did with hangman in my opinion is the chase was much greater than his run. Um, Jade's with the uh, TBS title is here and Thunder Rosa's here. I mean, she's just, elevating that title way much more than the main woman's title is. And that's obviously a big problem. Um, they've got a lot of credible talent um, women wise. Um, I think Tony is a great superstar, great wrestler. Um, but like you said, you know, Thunder's only so far into her run. Tony didn't really have a credible chance from that standpoint. Um, I personally was kind of disappointed in the match. I wasn't really into it maybe because of that, just because I knew, you know, it was going to go to thunder right away. Um, I, I don't know. Just the whole women's thing right now is disappointing. The fact that there was only one woman's match on the card is disappointing. I think the TBS title probably should have been on the, the card more so than, than the main woman's title at that point, just based on what we've seen being done with it. Um, I think they definitely, the next car, the next uh, match on this card was, uh, the United empires, um, IWGP uh, U.S. champion Will Ospreay, leader of the United Empire without the belt because it's on Mr. Joliet is what I'm going to call him, uh, versus Wesley Squeeze, Orange Cassie. This this is my favorite match of the night. Look, I, I don't know why. I know Orange Cassie gets shit on a lot, but... And and the dynamic between him and and Will Osprey, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. More, I don't know why. I, it was just, it was something about this match that just, oh my gosh, just. It's it was pretty- great. It was great. If, if you were at AEW Revolution or watch AEW Revolution, Orange Cassidy versus Pac, that it gave me the same feeling, the same vibes, man. Yeah, the yeah. same vibe, like. Chad, take it away. I can talk about this. I, I feel the same exact way. I definitely think this is the bat the best match of the show by far. I mean, maybe maybe not by far. Um, it's just the I, I wouldn't say unpredictive predictability of Orange Cassidy because he just doesn't give a shit. But like when he is on it, he is on it. I mean, it was a great match. Um, you know, lots of comedy bits in it too, but I mean it was pretty spot on. I mean, you can't really ask more from a character like that going against Osprey of all people, you know, like when I think of Osprey and I don't really watch new Japan stuff or, you know, much of his work, but I follow him on social media and I know how big of a star he is and how, how much of a talent, um, you know, his character personality wise, you know, he's great. And the fact that orange Cassidy can put up a great match like that against a a guy like him shows the worth of Cassidy. Now I know Joey is going to come out and say, well, they push OC too much, blah, 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 which I do agree with. He's on TV a fucking lot for a, you know, kind of a comedy character like that in a sense. But um, when it's go time and they tell him, Hey, go out there and fucking wrestle. He, he's going to do it. And he's going to put on a damn good show. So uh, I know we were going to wait till, uh, you know, what our best and worst matches were, but that was the best match to me of the card. All right, George. Yeah. 
sorry about that uh yeah no i'll 100 agree best match of the card i don't even have to question it um but yeah orange cassidy is definitely just criminally underrated as far as what he's able to do um especially for a guy who's pushing 40 i don't think which i don't think anybody realizes about him um but yeah this match was definitely you know a, the show stealer for the night um you know i a lot of people you know know what orange cassidy is about for those who don't know anything about osprey though like this was the eye opener and osprey is very very good um you know especially now that he's moved up to the heavyweight division permanently because he was a junior heavyweight for the longest time um and this match you know really showcased what he's capable of in the heavyweight division and what he's still capable of uh, against a almost a true junior heavyweight in, in orange Cassidy. um you know he's gonna be, he's he will be the future of new japan for a long time and he's going to uh you know carry that company i hoped that we get to see this match again somewhere down the road i'd love to see orange Cassidy go over to like do the g1 or something like that um but yeah, this was definitely the show stealer of the night. All right, we'll do JT and Brian after, oh, and then Sean afterwards, and then we'll we'll move on because this was definitely the the talk of the. This is the most exciting match. <laughs> so yeah, let's let let's talk. Let, everybody, if you got your opinion, raise your hands. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this match, like everyone else here, is my match of the whole night. Um. Biggest thing about pro wrestling is pacing and ring psychology and going back to George, I didn't know this guy, Orange Cassidy is pulling or pushing 40, which is crazy to think. Cause he looks like he's at least like early thirties, you know? Um, but man, it's like, it was just like a roller coaster or more like a bungee jump, right? You're walking up the steps, right? You're, you're getting that anticipation of something's going to happen eventually. Right. But they're like, nice and easy pace, nice and easy pace, right? And then all of a sudden, quick moves, and then the crowd's like, oh, right? And then they slow back down. It's, it's cool. It's like, uh, I think of it as like music, right? Dynamics, right? That match had dynamics. And I, I just loved it, especially towards the end. It felt more like a New Japan style towards the end where they start doing quick matches, and now the crowd's going like amped up, ready for the next thing, what's going to happen? especially the near falls, the near falls were just like, man, I thought Orange Cassidy was going to take a victory for sure, you know, but yeah, match of the night for me. I loved it. I do want to interject real quick and I apologize to interrupt, but it's crazy. Now you mentioned the difference between pacing and matches with like AEW and new Japan, new Japan, you get like those crazy, like quick moves like that, like seeing, uh, guys like Jay White and Osprey, like when they just like give a quick move and then they reverse it or, you know, they land it and then they go into another move. And it's just like that. Like, it's just like with the flick of a wrist, like it's incredible. Like I've never seen some shit like that before. And he, he was just on it. I mean, it's just incredible stuff by him. This would have been my match of the night if it weren't for one thing. And it took me out of the element so damn bad and probably a lot of other people. The fucking crap. Orange Cassidy should be champ right now, if all things considered, because he did get a three count. And they just played it off like it was nothing. Oh, it was two. Now, we watched that ref. That ref needs to go to dark. 
for the foreseeable future. No more pay-per-views for him. All right. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Sean. But yeah, ultimately, I feel like it's almost unanimous. It's the match of the night for everyone. I know that we're like jumping the jumping the gun over here, but man, that 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 was that was epic. You got something? I, st- I still want to hear Joey's thoughts because he's always. Been <laughs> oh yeah, Joey's been so, very so. quiet. He's been quiet I, about before, this before one. We, was, before we before we was bitching about it. Yeah, let's. let's surprising let's, for Joey to be so quiet all the time. Yeah, very. I, I wasn't per se bitching about it. What I was more so no, saying and responding. Bitching what I was more so doing was Chad said it was his favorite match of the night. A lot of you are saying it's the best match of the night to me. And this kind of is a nice segue. The best match of the night for me was the next match, Zack Sabre Jr. Versus the mystery opponent. And I feel like nobody here is going to agree with me on that. So that's what I was more so talking about. So it's not that I hated this match. It's just that I, I thought the next match was a lot better. You you know you have a disdain towards Orange Cassidy. We know. I don't. We know it. Yes, he does. Just yes, like he you, does do. you do. You do. <laughs> no, you do. I don't. You do. I do. don't. You definitely do. It's okay. So backstory here. Anytime me and Joey watch a show together, anytime Orange Cassidy he's on, he's like, oh, he's overplayed. Up. Oh. He, they, they need to put someone else on TV. Oh, they put him on too much. And I will agree to a point, which is why I said it. They do put him on TV a hell of a lot. But he's over. People like him. I see more people dressed like fucking Orange Cassidy than probably anybody else right now. And if maybe I'm wrong, Darby, call, yeah. maybe Darby. But if I'm wrong, call me out. Orange Cassidy is way over compared to everybody else. And I just I know, don't I know think... that upsets you because no, he's no, not that doesn't. serious of a character. It does because you it always really talk about doesn't. It. But if that really upsets you, then that yeah, should set president. Chad, you are forced. Let me finish, Joey. Let me finish before you start crying, please. If more people, you know, more wrestling fans are following Orange Cassidy and are pulling for him, that says a lot about the rest of the roster where they need to catch up. So we got kids dressed up like this guy. I mean, that says a lot about wrestling. Wrestling, kids, not so much adults, but obviously the adult viewership is way higher than, you know, it probably should be. But, I mean, everybody's wrestling like this guy. Like, he's over for a reason. He's going to be on TV for a reason. And he proved he can wrestle. So that's just my thoughts. My only thing, again, I, I like the ZSJ, Zack Sabre Jr. match uh, against Claudio, not Cesaro. Uh, match better. And I just don't think OC should consistently be wrestling or in contention for singles titles as often as he has been. That's all I'm saying. All right. Fair, fair enough. All right. Let's 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 all be be good and you know hug it out at the end. Rich, 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 I got something in my pocket for Joey. Hang on. <laughs> There's no issues on my side. I'm just calling it how it is. I'm being 100 percent honest here. Okay. Oh damn it. Uh lost my train of thought for a second. Um, okay, we're moving on. Uh, so Joey did allude to it. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. over from New Japan uh, was originally supposed to wrestle Brian Danielson, but it seemed like Brian Danielson, they haven't alluded to the injury, uh, but it seems like he got a concussion, um, which uh, takes him out of the Forbidden Door pay-per-view as well as uh, this upcoming Wednesday's Blood and Guts. Uh, but in his promo to Zack Sabre Jr., 
there was a mystery opponent that was going to be a part of the Blackpool Combat Club, and they would be announced at Forbidden Door. And lo and behold, it turned out to be the artist formerly known as Cesaro, Claudio Castanoli. And that was a that was a huge pop. Like everybody's like, yeah. Oh, I disappeared. But yeah. Yeah. You disappeared uh, anyone so quiet. You disappeared. Yeah. Can yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, you're good now. <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh Claudio is back. <laughs> uh but but thoughts about this match. I I I real quick, quick take. Uh Zach Saber Jr., when they say technical wrestler, holy shit. That 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 man that man can wrestle. Um, same with, with Claudio. We knew Claudio was going to go over, but still, holy shit. Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Uh, I would agree. He was really good. I, I wasn't expecting that, but didn't we, do we see him at GCW or am I thinking of somebody else? You might be thinking of Speedball Mike. Okay, Bailey, I know Speedball, speed, speedball is very similar. I wasn't sure. I know he looked familiar, but yeah, uh, I will give Joey the benefit of the doubt. This is definitely second best match. I think I didn't, I'm not rating this one higher than the OC match because it was a little more predictable as to who was going to be the mystery opponent. So as somebody who loves technical wrestling and especially submission style wrestling, I live and breathe for Zack Sabre Jr. He is so, so good. And I'm glad that he finally got a big stage, uh, you know, to showcase that, um, you know, it was great. And, you know, nothing, not to take anything away from Claudio, but Zack Sabre Jr., like, you give this man any time to do anything, and he is going to put on a technical spectacle in that ring. It's a shame that we couldn't get Brian Danielson, you know, to help showcase that, but obviously Claudio was a good stand-in. Um, and then now as far as, you know, Claudio goes, you know, obviously huge pop. Um, there was a lot of speculation because uh, obviously people thought maybe Johnny Gargano would have been in there because he was in town as well. Um there was a couple other weird little rumors popping up here and there, but basically it was down, you know, to Claudio and it was, you know, and, you know, now obviously with everything coming out, it was always going to be Claudio, you know, should this have happened. But um, I guess that, because obviously this was not the original plan to debut Claudio, but the opportunity presented itself and, um, you know, it, it worked out well. Um, I will say, you know, I, this was not my match of the night. It was a very good match, but, um, you know, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more Matt wrestling out of Claudio than I got. Um, Cause I think that's where Danielson would have stepped up the game and then maybe would have made this match of the night for me. Um, but Zach did, did the best with what he had. And obviously this was a short notice thing for him. Um and I would, and you know my only complaint about this match is that I wasn't watching it at home to hear Taz's commentary on it because I wanted to hear Taz call this, all these technical submission moves and just, you know, be flabbergasted by some of the stuff Zach can do. Um, so hopefully I get that sometime, sometime in the future. I'd love for Zach to stay over here for a little while, maybe do, you know, a talent trade with New Japan for a little bit, do a couple of little shows, you know, with AEW for like maybe like a month or so, and, you know, then, then head back. So, you know, if I get that great, if not, you know, I'm not disappointed. Um, but again, great match, but not my match of the night. Uh, Zach is a technical master. 
he's trained in the British catch wrestling style, which is a very brutal submission wrestling style. Um, and Zach showcases it, to, you know, as it should be to the best of his ability. He puts it on his back and he has showcased it, you know, wonderfully. Um, and, you know, obviously being, you know, part of Suzuki Goon, he's got to do some healish things. So the joint manipulation makes a lot of sense from that standpoint. And he just makes it look so nasty. And I love it. All right. So here we go. If you didn't watch the promo before, well, the promo of, of this, uh, this podcast, uh, you know where I'm going with this. So Rainmaker, Rainmaker, Rainmaker. Okada. Yeah. Yes. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> um, so this was for the IWGP World Championship, which is a, a belt over in New Japan Pro Wrestling. We should have did that earlier if people aren't familiar with that. But we have the champion, Switchblade Jay White, in a fatal four-way. I don't even know what they call it a four. Yeah, four-way. It's a four-way match. Switchblade Jay White is the champion. Adam Cole, baby, is, is the challenger. Uh, Hangman Adam Page, that's Chad's boy. Okay. And my boy, Rainmaker. 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 He said it so much, he fucking disappeared again. Oh, God. Oh, man, I butchered his name. Okada. God damn it. He's a uh, fan. He can't even say his name right. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just, just messing up the whole, whole like, Tony Khan hugging him. I, I want you to put my face on on that with, with Okada being hugged. Like, I'll get on it after the show. How about okay. that? And I'll post it on all the shows. Oh, socials. my gosh. Um, <laughs> so this this match started off great and ended with a dudge because of Unfortunately, like we didn't know, but later because of Sean Rossap uh, purporting that uh, Adam Cole had suffered uh, a concussion, which the folks that were in the crowd were like, what the fuck happened? Um, but ultimately, I, I enjoyed it until we got to that point. If we're looking at the finish, it was supposed to be Okada to give the Rainmaker to Adam Cole, but Adam Cole went like dead legs. And then Jay White would do the Blade Runner on Okada, who would roll out and then look like Jay White was supposed to pin uh, Adam Cole from the psychology of it. But the way that it showed, it was. Uh, it was all mushed together. Basically. Yeah, it was like. So uh, fast. Yeah. Like from. We, from, from from the audience perspective like cole got pinned and then we all like we're like all right match is going and then the bell rang like you heard the you know ref count to three and we're all just like looking at each other like what the fuck like i stood up and everyone was sitting down like what like we're all looking around we had no idea what was going on and we finally saw like replays after the show like oh cole got fucked up i didn't see the move that that hurt him but it was i think it was um, the okada drop kick to the face yeah, and Rich was really upset because he never got to hit the move. He, he, he didn't, he the didn't move. do the move. He didn't he do, didn't the, do move. the move. Otherwise, he we would have had the move. Man, 
J- JT, you got to put the move on there. Damn it, he did not do the move. And that's what I was waiting for. I was so upset that the move was not done. We he didn't were so- talk the whole next match. <laughs> oh, man, it's just... Uh, I mean, I get it. Injuries happen. It seems a lot more frequently in this promotion than other promotions. But, I mean, everybody's been been hurt. But, man, I did not see the move. It uh, uh, it very well could have been the match of the night if it went smoothly, in my opinion. I think I think everything that was building up to that point, I mean, it was he gets in, does his move. He gets in, does his move. Like, it was just, you know, crisscross in the ring at, at, at one point in time. Um, and then that happened and the momentum kind of dropped because everyone was like just in shock. So any other thoughts about this match? Yeah, I will say the, the finish of it all. I mean, it looked like Jay White was just trying to steal a win because remember he did beat Okada for the title, but do you think he really wants to beat Okada again? I mean, he wants to retain his championship by any means necessary. So it made total sense to me that he wanted to pin Adam Cole it was just Adam Cole legitimately kicking out on instinct that kind of threw everybody off. Uh, but hopefully Adam Cole's all right right now. Uh, and hopefully we see a little bit more of Switchblade Jay White and maybe potentially a little bit more of Okada in All Elite Wrestling down the line. Did you say Okada? Oh, God. We got to gotta, we gotta make that in the soundboard. We got to put it on the soundboard. All right, George. All right. So, yeah, this was, um, this match definitely, you know, had everything you wanted in terms of star power. I do feel bad that we didn't get to see a Rainmaker, but at least we got our wide shot. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's tough. To, it's tough to really, you know, have the end of that match the way it was. Um, obviously, you know, safety of the uh, competitors does come first and foremost. So I'm glad that they did what they had to do to keep everybody safe. Um, I will say, I wish Hangman uh, Hangman Page would have played a bigger role in the finish, um, especially with the long term storyline of uh, him and Okada. Um, cause the, there's a very long-term thing that not a lot of people remember is back when Heyman was still part of new Japan. Um, he, in his last, one of his last things he did was a G1 tournament in which, you know, he took Okada to the limit in the G1. Um, and Okada said, you know, this guy's a future world champion and he had a lot of respect for Heyman after that match. Um, so it was good to see them come back and you know bring a little bit of that with them. Um, I hope that you know that, that you know we can see Hangman versus Okada again in a one-on-one match. Um, I'd love to see it for a title. It doesn't necessarily need to be for a title, but you know somewhere down the line, I want those two in a one-on-one match, and I hope that we get it. Um, you know, prop now back moving over to Jay White, you know, props to him for realizing what the situation for what it was, you know, and making the right call. Obviously, you know, it's not easy to manage something like that, but that just speaks to uh, Jay's, you know, ring general, you know, ship as far as that goes. Um, you know, Jay is a wrestler who is very wise beyond his years. I believe he's only about what, 25, 26 um, at the most. He is not a old wrestler, but he certainly wrestles like, you know, a veteran guy. Um, 
And, you know, thankfully, you know, realizing that Cole was hurt, he made the right call of getting that match over with um, and making sure that everybody, you know, got something. But, you know, obviously I wish he could have done something a little bit to make it a little bit more believable as far as the finish goes, but there really wasn't much you could do. Um, You know, but so hopefully we get, you know, we'll get along, uh, we'll get something more. And I'm seeing in our little chat here, Joey saying Jay is 29, but yeah, he is still very young. Ooh, still close. <laughs> yeah. Younger than me. <laughs> Younger than, please, I'm I'm, I'm older than Jay. <laughs> I, I was going to add to what you're saying, though. I did like the dynamic of like Jay and Cole teaming up and then Hangman and Okada for like the first, I guess you could say almost half the match. And then Jay and Cole finally turned on each other and then that brought hangman and okada to start going at it um so that was i mean it was kind of expected um i did kind of laugh though that cole was the one to get pinned um i'm not much of an adam cole fan personally um granted he's hurt so it's really not funny but i think if it we didn't have some of those new japan guys in that match the match probably would have kept on going just from previous track history of uh injuries in AEW shows. I think the the worst one we've seen was definitely the Matt Hardy incident like a year and a half ago. Um you know that definitely good on on Jay for uh realizing that good ring awareness and awareness of the people he's working the match with to uh to not let that get you know uglier than it could have because you know a lot of guys would just continue and push on but Adam was basically knocked out you know, shoulders on the mat. So it wasn't too much of work for him. He knocked out Okada and then just, just covered him. So um, hopefully Cole uh, comes back soon though. All right. And we are coming down to the last match on the card. Um, it was for the interim All Elite Wrestling Championship due to our current champion, CM Punk being hurt. It's a uh, recurring theme uh for for this uh but uh the, both the challengers uh it was tanahashi from new japan versus i can't do it as as good as uh justin roberts uh from yeah but well, john uh plugged the audio in But uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, John Moxley, uh, uh, the match. I mean, for what it was, I think if you were at the live event, uh, it got overshadowed by an actual fight <laughs> that happened in section. I think it was 107 on the other side, uh, or on the other side, because everybody was like, you fucked up. There's a video floating around of it. Yeah, there's a video that was floating around, but I don't know what had transpired, but all I know is that there was a security guard that choked some dude in the neck, and then the the dude swung at the security guard, and we're just like, what is going on? Because that distracted from the main event, which was like, which really sucks, because Usually, if you go to a, a pro wrestling event, it, it's wholesome people. People are enjoying themselves. I don't know if it was too much to drink, but probably. 
I, uh, think, we, but, I think someone else got carried out too that night. Yeah, yeah. There was, yeah, there was someone earlier. Uh, so let's go JT and then we'll do George. Uh-oh. I was looking forward to the main event, but that, that one section over there just, it just ruined it for me. Um, I tried my best to like pay attention to the match, but I just kept thinking of that, that guy swinging at the security guard. <laughs> um, but I, I just feel so bad for the main event. So I'm going to be watching, rewatching that main event again. Cause I just got it on BR live. Um, but uh, I just feel so bad for Moxley and Tanahashi. Yeah. So I, as far as the fans go, I think in total three people have got, got taken out that I saw. Uh, obviously the one I mentioned earlier uh, who was taking pictures of Ty Conti. Um, but as far as those guys that were fighting during the main event, um, f- I did find a little bit of info on what's going on. Not, not nothing really concrete, but basically the two guys have been arguing all night over something to do with the card. Um, and it just finally erupted after one too many, you know, too many drinks. Um, but, you know, but I digress here, you know, obviously, you know, don't be a, don't be that fan, you know, to everybody, anybody who watches in the future. Um, wrestling is supposed to be a fun event It's supposed to be, a, you know, an inclusive event, we want everybody to go and have fun. So don't be that guy, you know, because if you're, if you're going to be that guy, don't come, we don't want you there. Now, focusing on the match itself, um, this was this did come across to me as a pretty bog standard, uh, you know, match as far as what you know Moxley and Tanahashi were capable of. Um, there was one awkward moment, and I didn't really realize it until I was watching uh, Ross on, Ross on uh, Cultaholic mention it. Um, the at the point where Moxley started bleeding from his head. The lead up to that was that Tanahashi did a sling blade and then Mox rolled out of the ring. That was it. There was no like, there was nothing else to, you know, cause that. And it was kind of just like an awkward moment. I was like, and I, and I remember turning, uh, turning over to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to Johnny and I was like, what, you know, what happened? Like, what happened? Did, uh, did, did we miss something like did mox like hit his head on the apron or something like that and you know it was just we couldn't figure out what was going on like why was mox busted open so i think the that took away from the match a little bit um as far as you know you know i i, I know what's supposed to have elevated that match to be a bigger match but it definitely felt like it took away from it in my opinion um and I know why they did it too. And it kind of sucks why they did it. Um, it's not so much for the match itself, but more for the DraftKings tie-in um, because DraftKings had a predictions thing for this match where you could you know, win some money, which thankfully I did. <laughs> but uh, basically one of the things was, you know, would somebody bleed in this match? And of course I guessed for Moxley. So I, uh, so I want, so, but, uh, but again, this was just a dumb thing as far, you know, as far as my concern was everything else felt like a pretty regular match as far as a new Japan match of a, a Tanahashi versus Moxley goes. Um, and, you know, and then the other thing that really took away from it was the aftermath of this match. I don't know if we're going to cover that or not, but, um, I don't want to dwell on that too much. So this match, obviously, you know, the, the, distraction in the crowd took a little bit out of it but uh this match i was actually very focused in on because every time i go to a wrestling show i always like to focus on the main event and this one was definitely a very very good matchup um not to mention that you know like george mentioned too it 
did feel more like a New Japan style match and New Japan paced match. Uh, and that, that does kind of make sense to me based on other New Japan matches that I've seen. Um, of course, Moxley going over Hiroshi Tanahashi. I mean, we call, I feel like we all could have seen the writing on the wall there. I mean, they did a great job in the match, but uh, I just, I kind of wish they had somebody other than Moxley in that match. But all credit to him. Uh, Moxley put on a hell of a show. And, you know, it's not every day you get to go against a legend like Hiroshi Tanahashi. So uh, it's definitely, uh, definitely one of the matches that I was very, very interested in. Yeah, um, basically like everybody else is saying, the distraction in the crowd. Now, I will point out, when that kind of started happening, that's when they were pretty much on the mat, like wrestling, wrestling. So it was a definitely a much slower part of the match. So I don't think, I, I mean, I want to go back and watch it. I don't think we missed a whole lot just by focusing in, um, which sucks that we had to have that kind of distraction because I've, me personally, in the amount of wrestling shows that I've gone to with y'all, I've never seen anything like that. So uh, it's pretty disappointing, especially after, you know, at a Chicago crowd, because I feel like we usually are uh, uh, one of the better crowds, you know, when it comes to WWE, AEW, any of that kind of stuff. So uh, that was bullshit. But uh, match itself was okay. I mean, I wasn't really disappointed with it. Um, you definitely knew Mox was going to win going into it. They, the whole way they went about it kind of bugged me um, because they had Wardlow and then there's like, oh, well, he's going for the TNT title. Good fucks. Um, And uh, I don't know, like the whole momentum of the whole interim champ thing just wasn't it for me personally. Um, I did like the idea um, that Mox could potentially lose it because Punk did say specifically in a promo that he wanted to wrestle Tanahashi. So I thought that would be pretty cool considering it's, you know, he's just an interim champ. It's nothing long-term. So Punk can get that match. Obviously that wasn't going to happen, but I still had my, my hopes a little high for that um, because it's different, you know, instead of us getting someone who's already won the belt, now he's technically got two, two, you know, he's won it twice. He's the first two-time champ, you know, for the, the world title. So, interim. 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 I know. But well, it, one and a half time. I it's, know. it's still it's still a title reign in my it's book. Still, it's still a title reign, and I just, I didn't think they needed to give it to Mox, personally. Um, but at the I same know, time, like like you alluded to, Chad, at the same time, though, Mox doesn't always have to keep it. Right. He can always lose it. But. I know we've got all this bullshit going on with MJF. It would have been a perfect opportunity to give it to him because then they can go at it again and go through all that bullshit. Um, just a thought. Um, I, I like the punk MJF spats. It's some of the best promo work I think we've had between the two guys. Cause it's just been, it's almost been real. And obviously all MJF stuff recently has been pretty much real as well. So um I, I don't know. That's that's one way I would have went with it. Granted, I know everything kind of blew up with MJF recently, um, but it's just everything just happened so quick and last minute. I just was all right. And I do want to add Mox blading in like every fucking match reminds me of like Hogan and Flair and TNA just blading every time. It's like Cody. Like, and cool Cody way. and Cody doing the same thing. Like it's excessive. Like like George was saying, like, I don't even think there's a move that would have really caused him to be cut open. And he just like dove under the ring and bladed and well, 
that's what it looks like from the stands. Like it was just so abrupt and like just totally whack, and he was just bleeding the whole match. So <laughs> and then. I'll go with the theory that Danhausen was under the ring and bit him. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I was I was hoping we get a Danhausen spoof somewhere in, in the the whole show, but um and then I will say you are right about the whole post-match deal thing. Um I, if you weren't there, Mox they handed Mox a microphone and everybody started coming out and he just started rambling for like 10 minutes. None of it really made any any much sense, so it didn't really do much for me either and uh the Jericho Appreciation Society came out and tried to jump them, and you know, it's a bunch of bullshit. So that's just my take on it. All right, J- Johnny, I know we wanted to get get you, bro. Uh, what are your thoughts? Honestly, I wish it was, um, you know, not John Moxley winning it, but you know, it is what it is. I enjoyed the match to a point. Um, yeah, I don't know why uh, Moxley needs to bleed every match. Uh, yeah, the running at the end, I'm just tired of run-ins. Like, why does everybody have to do a run-in and now? Like, run-ins, run-ins. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm just tired of the runnings from everybody. Especially when it's Jericho. <laughs> it was yeah, in, like, three especially when it's of the Jericho. Show. So uh, many fucking yeah. run-ins. Like yeah, he, he had the match, and then uh, I saw who did he do the fireball to? Um, a, sh- a shooter, shooter behind the behind shoes. the scenes, and then he fucking jumped him at the end. It's like, dude, you gotta be in every segment. Like, I get he was in New Japan and had a bunch of matches too, you know, before going over to AEW. But I was like, come on, man, like just me anybody else. There's so many guys that, uh, and my mic's fucking muted now. That's awesome. Uh, there's just so many other guys that I could have done anything, you know, um, maybe the other guys who were ranked, um, you know, for a belt since the rankings seem to not mean anything anymore. It's wins <laughs> or losses just from what I can they see. On both sides. I was bitching about that at the end of the show too. Like there's just, what's the point of it? If we're going to give like the same few people like shots, you know, um, I'm the only wrestling where the wins yeah. don't matter. Yeah. So, all right, we'll move on here. Uh, right. Final thoughts. Yeah. Um, overall, great, great pay per view. Um, I know that we talked about like, um, like pros, cons, like our, our best moments. I feel like mostly everybody said Orange Cassidy versus Will Osprey, and then like the worst moments was like um, injuries, <coughs> um, ref work uh, from from there. But hell of a lot better than Double or Nothing. <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah, definitely an hour shorter. Uh, that was the nice part. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, uh, definitely an hour shorter from from still there. Still didn't get home till midnight. But... So, yeah, but, but, but still <laughs> got there. Uh, George, you have a point before we get on to like uh, the chef's kiss, uh, and then we'll do our bone to pick. I think me and JT have a bone to pick with Mr. Joliet, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Yeah. So I mean. It, you know, saying obviously this was a longer show, but it didn't. I will say, being there, it didn't feel as long as it was. Everything was paced very nicely. There wasn't a whole lot of breaks in the action where, like, you didn't feel like you were sitting around waiting for something to happen. Everything kind of kept moving. Um, you know, and the show felt very, you know, put together to the point that everybody left feeling satisfied and left feeling like they didn't just, you know, fall asleep during anything. 
because that was my concern was that I wasn't going to be able to stay awake for all this. Um, coming to this event, I had been up since five and five o'clock that morning, and I didn't get to I didn't get home till midnight. <laughs> so yeah, but as far as you know, what I'd rate this, I'd say this is probably about a four out of five for me as far as uh, the pay per view goes. Um, there's obviously some room for improvement, you know, ever in you know, in certain places. Um, obviously the standout match for me was uh Osprey and uh Orange Cassidy. Um, but yeah, a, a great show. Um, but probably not the greatest show, but definitely one that I'll remember fondly. Um, and hopefully we'll get some more, you know, we'll get these guys together again. Um, I would love to see some guys that weren't on this card come over to AEW. Um, I was very disappointed we didn't get to see Tetsuya Naito on this card at all. Um, but I think that might have had something to do with the whole tr uh, AAA issue. Because um, I would love to see, have seen Naito versus Andrade on this card. Um, but hopefully that's something that can happen down the line. Yeah, this this card was amazing. I uh, way better than double or nothing in my opinion um also just being there uh just you know seeing the live crowd uh big pops you know for all the wrestlers it was a great show definitely like a four out of five show again best match of the night cassidy versus osprey um but after that match we got like a little beat down right and then someone special came out so there's you know, traditional guitar chords. There's like the Jimi Hendrix guitar chord, but there's a special guitar chord called the Shibata guitar chord, and it goes something like this. Isn't that so beautiful? Hell yeah. Well, I don't want no scrubs. That's going to be a new opening for the podcast. <laughs> oh, man. And then, then we're going to get sued. Uh, it's by the chord. We're going to get DMCA. It's a chord, not a song. <laughs> It's so soothing for a man who is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Shibata is, oh my goodness. I've only seen a few clips of Shibata online. And let me tell you, the man scares me. <laughs> yeah. No, he scares I, me so much. Shibata is so cool though. Like I, my, like I've had a little, I've had very little, um, unfortunately with Shibata because obviously injury took him out at a prime point in his career for, for a long time um my I, my fondest memory though i believe it was wrestle kingdom 8 when he wrestled when he fought not, not wrestled fought minoru suzuki oh my god that was such a great match but um yeah i when i when the shibata's music hit like i was holding back tears like i i'm so glad to see him getting better coming off that horrific injury and I want him to, I hope he can come back to, uh, to wrestling full time. I know that's probably a very, you know, lofty dream, but if he gets at least one more good match, I'll be happy. I, we were on the, uh, solid monster page and Joey had tagged me and what we viewed the show. Uh, a lot of people were saying it was, you know, uh, the best pay-per-view of the year. Um, I don't know if it is personally. Um, possibly the best AEW show of the year. I think it's up there. Um, granted, there's what Revolution and Double or Nothing. Obviously, Double or Nothing is probably the worst one of the year, just with the length and you know everything that went on with that. But um, I'd probably say, and this is what Joey said, probably between a three and a half and four out of five. Um, 
I just like the the fact that we had an opportunity to see people not from AEW or WWE, you know, from Japan. And I really do hope we see a Forbidden Door 2 in Japan. Um, I think that would be a really neat idea as a continuation. Um, maybe give us some more women's matches if that's even possible. Um, send some of our guys over there, you know, just to have another great show. You know, I would love to travel to Japan and see wrestling and, and you know, make an effort to do that because um, it's their crowds and, you know, the things out there are just so different than they are here. We're rowdy fucking redneck drunk fucks and, you know, they're just so calm and flat for a couple seconds and they're done you know they let them do their their art you know their masterpiece in the ring so um yeah uh hopefully we get another one um excited to see what uh goes on the next couple weeks in dynamite and rampage um yeah that's about it i don't think i really had anything else to bitch about i will say we didn't say what our least favorite matches were but i think we all kind of alluded to that in, in our discussion um so but we'll uh We'll continue on. Yeah, so I already said my favorite match, and that's just, I will admit, I'm just biased because I will always and forever love Sting, and he's also my birthday brother, so I, that's fun every March. Um, but on as terms of NJPW and AEW in general, I'm, I'm trying to watch AEW consistently, but I don't to the degree that you guys do, and I'm definitely a passive watcher like a casual fan when it comes to new japan i watch pay-per-views with john you know when i you know lived in chicago i watch pay-per-views with people out here but i don't keep up so when i watch a big pay-per-view like this that i know i want to watch but i know that like i'm not on the in you know kind of like the hip crowd of everything that's going on i just ask myself you know one to ten did i have fun watching this like from start to finish and i will say that that's what i felt like watching this one it was a lot of fun and i was at double or nothing and i will tell you that I did fall asleep at one point. I can't remember what point, but I fell asleep for about 10 minutes because it was so long and there were some fun matches, but I think being at a pay-per-view, you'd be having fun the whole time. But I, I was like in and out, like I was in it for 30 minutes and I was out for 15. Um, I really wish I would have been able to go to this one, but just overall, it was just fun. And that's, you know, so hopefully I can bring some actual analysis at some point as I watch more, you know, New Japan, which AEW is going to force me to do now. So. And I learned a lot listening to you guys. So thank you for uh, bringing me into that, that world a little bit more outside of my WWE bubble. I think that's the nice part about us doing this is because a lot of us do get to go to a lot of the shows because we're just that far into it. I mean, these guys are way more into this shit than I am. Believe me. I mean, because of them. I, you know, it wasn't for do you watch NASCAR at all? I'm just curious. Uh, no, not at all. Um, you should. I think you'd like it. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I don't even watch wrestling. I don't even know why I'm on this. <laughs> watching racing a lot more. So I'm more of like the r real big hick shit. So, you know, if it wasn't for Joey and Bob and Brian, my cousin, you know, I probably wouldn't be doing a lot of this shit like I do. But um, it's nice to see like our views and our thoughts from the show because we were there and then like yours and Bob's because you guys were just watching it on TV. Uh, or you know pay-per-view so you know there's a lot of things we see because we're there and there's a lot of things that you can pick up on tv it's just a different way of viewing it and it's nice to put those ideas or thoughts together because they can be the same you know 90 percent of the time or or 90 percent 90 percent of the time they're contrasting because it's it's just completely different you know i i do think 
you know, when I show my friends who aren't into wrestling and I show them videos of me there, they're like, man, it's so different without commentary and stuff like that. Like you just, you're seeing everything at once. You're not seeing one individual viewpoint. Um, so I think uh, being able to get those different viewpoints on a podcast is important. So it's nice that we're able to do that with our first review or uh, in-person review um, episode. So thank you for joining us and uh, sharing that. Um, no, I just want to add, you know, for anybody who, you know, who a couldn't attend the show, I hope that you get to attend a show in the future. Um, obviously, you know, it's rare that new Japan comes over for anything. So if you do get a chance to see new Japan, I would advise you to take it. Um, but yeah, it's, I'll be the first one to say, cause I am the resident wrestling fan in this, you know, you know, as far as the nerdier side of this, um, I've been, you know, obviously been watching wrestling a long time. Uh, and I've probably watched with the most new Japan out of everybody here um, to the point that I've actually run panels at conventions about new Japan. <laughs> um, so I, you know, so I, when I can, so I can speak from experience when I say this, if you liked the taste that you got, of new japan you're gonna love the taste of the whole meal of new japan watching a full new japan show um there's so it's so much you know good wrestling um it, yeah and you know japanese crowds are different you know and that's one thing you do got to get used to watching new japan especially now during the pandemic um i know right now like most new japan crowds they're not allowed to cheer period um it's strictly clapping and i think foot stomping but um you know when you get to see some of those you know the fans do get excited to the point that they just can't hold back that's when you know you're watching a great match um and you know i if there's i could always recommend classic matches in new japan um anything with okada is always going to be great especially if you can go watch the uh the okada omega series um over you know those series of matches um because that's really what got me to solidify myself with new japan um but yeah there's and new japan has got something for everybody you know it's got the serious you know good wrestling it's got your submission guys it's got your comedy guys i am so mad we didn't get to see toriano come over for this i would have killed for that he was in the crowd he was, was in the, the crowd. crowd he was what? in the crowd and then uh once uh uh mox won i think he left Oh man, I didn't I, see. I saw something on Twitter on that. Um, oh my yeah, he god, was, he was in the crowd. Man, uh, that's I would have. Man, I want. I wish he would have had a match though. Or, he, or just, or just roll into the ring and then just look at Mox after. Uh, the, oh my god! god. Was, and then just leaves. Considering Yano's <laughs> the only Yano holds more wins over Moxley in New Japan than anybody, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yes. Yes, watch, watch, mock. Yeah, if you get new Japan, it's so funny. It's the way he. Went. Anyway, give me uh, give me Yano versus Danhausen right now. Oh my god! Can I ask a question? If one person in New Japan, you guys watching a lot more than me, if one person was going to actually sell a Danhausen curse, who would you want it to be? Regal <laughs> did it after a show once. I saw it on YouTube. So if oh, he was yeah, gonna curse, and they were going to sell for him. Who should it be? Who would do the best sure. sell, or for whatever reason? Oh man, who could sell the game? would be good, but you know, no, Regal sell was awesome. Like, no, no. It, you know, no, it wouldn't be funny. Um, and I know we're going off on a tangent, but it'd be funny if Dan Housen tried to curse Suzuki and then Suzuki's like, with boom. <laughs> oh, no, no, there's one person who could absolutely sell the hell out of that curse, it'd be Hiromu Takahashi. 
because the, the way he sold Yano during the New Japan Cup, um, that was just, that's a chef's kiss. Sorry to steal your thing, but. Yeah, speak, speaking of chef's kiss, let's move on to the chef's kiss. So I not many of you guys probably watch Monday Night Raw. I know it's brutal. It's three hours of crap. But I sit through it. And one thing that I saw last week, and Brian, you mentioned this. The Kevin Owens and Ezekiel and Elias thing, that whole story program has been awesome. If you guys didn't watch last Monday, they did the thing where Ezekiel got to introduce his brother Elias, and they were backstage together. Again, it was pre-recorded. They put Ezekiel Elias, they, they put a fake beard on him because he shaved the beard off. But I thought the I thought everything was great. Kevin Owens came out. Everything he's been doing has been awesome. And then they, they had a backstage segment. It was, again, guys, go catch it. It's probably on their YouTube channel. That's probably the best thing on Monday Night Raw. It, it does consistently get the most views out of anything on Raw. Like, I'm sure to be fair, we're recording this on Tuesday, the, the day after um, John Cena returned for his 20th anniversary. So I'm Correct. sure anything Cena will get the most gonna, views. Okay. Yeah. But, but from last week, Bob, I'm I'm sure that that had the most views, responses, at least on social media, from what I saw. So yeah. I agree with I you would, on that I front. Be that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so for me, I'm going to shift to NXT 2.0. I know is a very polarizing, not a not you want to taste 2.0, but NXT 2.0. Um, you want to taste? <laughs> thank you, Rich. Uh, you want to taste? And I'll give you a little taste right now for Chef's Kiss. There you go. But. <laughs> My chef's kiss is specifically for a promo. Uh, Bob's was more of a segment, but mine is a promo cut by Cameron Grimes, where he went from a essentially a very popular comedic babyface to a pretty serious tweener in the matter of one promo. Uh, Braun Breaker, little Rick Steiner. I wish his name was Rex Steiner, but sadly it's not. Cameron Grimes recently lost his North American the middle title. He came out after Braun's match, who Braun is the world champion there, and essentially cut what I thought was the best tweener promo I've seen in a long time because of the fact that Grimes still said, hey, I respect you, but here's why I resent you. I think you're only here because you got that last name of Steiner, not Breaker. Your dad got to see you win the title from the crowd, come in and celebrate with you. My dad saw the one title I won from heaven up there in the stands, in the pearly gates up there i respect you but you don't have my heart you you had the physical abilities look what i've had to go through you've been having maybe not a silver platter a pretty darn nice platter compared to me and so that tweener promo i just thought was fantastic because i think it's hard to really be a good tweener austin obviously is the best one that we can think of now punk does it well too but this is at a cameron grimes who three years ago i don't think any of us really cared too much about to my knowledge and now that he's shifted from the comedic face to a tweener for a world title shot is pretty amazing in my opinion bob do you want to set us up for what our main chef's kiss is for this yeah no of course um i don't know if you fellas caught the post scrimmage from um the forbidden door of <laughs> whatever scrum, scrimmage, whatever um but um jay white he caught he 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 probably did the best heel work on that um, post interview. 
it was great. Joey, if you want to go ahead and fill it in. Yeah. So with these post-media scrums, obviously Tony Khan, whether it's currently being on cocaine or other drugs or <laughs> passionately hugging guys is going to get a lot of the attention. But this is the epitome of chef's kiss right here, because to my knowledge, MJF has not been on one of these post-media scrums. Not yeah, Not to my knowledge. But so a lot of these guys that go on it, these are essentially out of character. FTRs was out of character. Dex yep. very nicely talking about his own anxiety issues, but Dex, the character, doesn't talk about that. Jay went full character. Correct. Particularly mad about the little tiny stand that was going on that just wasn't working with his <laughs> New Japan title. And so he's given Tony a lot of crap for that. And Tony... I feel like he didn't know that Jay was going to be in character for that because Tony seems a little shook by that, Bob. I don't know what you think. No, no, that. I noticed that too. And then throughout the night, he's like, <coughs> when he had other people coming on, he's like, oh yeah, you guys are a lot better than that uh, IWGP champion over there. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I caught that. Um, but again, this is great work from him, man. It's just staying, staying the character, staying the route, making us still believe like, damn, man, this dude is a piece of shit. <laughs> and he really does try to be a heel in all facets of it. You know, whether it's rolling out of the ring during his match right away, classic heel work. He doesn't want to be liked seemingly. And that's uh, something that correct. I feel like a lot of heels don't want to, or rather they don't want to not be liked because obviously that means less merch. So yeah. chef's kiss for us that week, our top mwah. three. We kind of went faster this time, but yes. Mwah. Hey, Rich. We let you some chicken bones. You got a bone to pick, sir? I definitely have a bone pick, and it's with you, Mr. Joliet. You, Juice Robinson. Yeah. I'm pissed. I got a bone to pick with you because Brian made a lovely sign. A lovely I sign. Hard. A lovely sign just asking for more women's wrestling. Even Kip Sabian was a proponent of supporting that mission of having more women's wrestling on the card. Uh, it was an absolute travesty to have only a one women's match on there. So during the Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay match, um, Juice, Mr. Joliet Robinson, wanted to come in and watch this match because Juice was supposed to get rid of the belt because due to injury or, or some illness or something, a combination of that. So Will Ospreay doesn't have the belt, but Juice does. Typical heel stuff. But, okay, so I'm going to go over. They're sitting in, like, the uh, like the skybox type of venue behind us. So I go over there. Um, his wife is Tony Storm, and they just had the match afterwards. I take Brian's sign, more women's wrestling. I hold it up. He sees it. You know what this man does? Thumbs down. <laughs> Thumbs down me. I was heated. <laughs> so fucking funny. Dude. I got a bone to pick with him. So anytime you and Joliet, I'll come to Romeoville. We can meet at the dividing line. What juice? I did want to add um, to your point about Kip posting that we did get 123 retweets and 767 likes out of that. So thank you, Kip Sabian, for blowing us up. Um, I don't know how many followers we got out of it. Probably not many, but um, <laughs> they they saw uh, us. Two. They knew we, we were two. there. 
Yeah, next time we'll uh, hey, two is better than zero. Our, yeah, next time we'll throw our fucking uh, at on there. Or uh, yeah, yeah, what we're learning. Hey, yeah, we'll we're, we're there, making we'll it work. There. But that's that's my bone to pick this week. I tell you this. I I tell you with Juice Robinson giving a thumbs down to a support uh, more women's wrestling sign. That's awfully bold of you, buddy. Especially since your wife was the only women's match on the card. Not to mention, not to mention all the hard effort that all the women around the world put into their craft, just like you do. And what do you do instead? When you get beaten for a title, you hold on to it. No, sir. That title belongs to Will Ospreay. That man stood toe-to-toe with Katsuyori Shibata, and that is what a champion is. You, sir, you sit comfortably over there in a skybox, giving a thumbs down to a sign? How dare you, sir? Yeah, How he's on Orange Cassidy, too. dare you, sir? I was about to say, Juice Robinson, you have no place on that card, and you snuck your way into the building somehow just to get a little bit of tv time way to go pal way to go i hope you got the most out of your tv time too because mm-hmm. that title belongs to will osprey and not to you yeah you think and that's my bone to pick you think you bullet club well you're pellet sticks that's what you are pellet sticks what pellet sticks what pellet sticks what <laughs> it's funny joey just put Sounds like a Brian 316 promo. I think for the next podcast we do, uh, we need a promo battle between Brian and Joey. I'm going to call that. It's going to be official now. I'll make the graphics for it. We'll (laughs) blow this shit up. It's going to happen. I I think that's that's next podcast for sure, promo battle. Let's go to JT, and then we'll we'll, we'll take it back to to George, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Well, real quick, I have two bones to pick. Uh, One, juice. Back at Windy City Riot, I was making a purchase for the boys, a couple of brewskis, and he interfered my purchase. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Now I have to wait to get my beers. That's my bone to pick with him. So, you know, you're pretty tall. I'm short, but I'm pretty strong. So I know I can, I can definitely do like a German suplex or a, maybe a brain buster or a vertebraker. One of those. Three moves. So anything basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other one is Paul Turner. Uh, according to uh, Google, he's a senior referee. He should be back at dark. That's my bone pick. Did you say senior referee? Yes. Look it senior up on. Referee. More like senior, he's a senior referee. He's out there making rookie mistakes. Yes. Rookie mistakes. Shame on you, Paul Turner. Shame. All right, I got my bone to pick. Actually, I got two bones to pick. <laughs> First one I'll take is with Juice Robinson. And this has nothing to do with the show last night. This has to do with something that happened a couple of years ago, Juice. See, Juice was in town for, unfortunately, the passing of his mother. Juice, I didn't realize this, my man, but uh, you are friends with my sister. And when I was in the hospital, because I was getting my uh, gallbladder removed, she said that uh, you and her had a little chat. I'm not sure if you were with Tony Storm at the time, but my man, uh, we might need to have a little talk. Second bone to pick is with this podcast. Because we forgot one of the big things to talk about for this whole thing. How are we going to forget about absolute Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hops? 
because my man cut a promo on Swerve and Keith Lee. You and you name dropping Pippen and Jordan in the house that Jordan built. That was badass. You were right. That, that, yeah. that was Grant badass. Was on the buy-in. Grant, it was on the buy-in. It was on the uh, buy-in. Oh was yeah. Was. We love Team Taz though. We love Team Taz. How they should win the titles. Taz? Just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. We 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 have a we yeah bone to pick with us. I, I'll take the L for that because I'm a huge Ricky Starks fan yeah. and Powerhouse Hot fan. Bone to pick with Tony Khan. Put a fucking belt on Tony or on uh, Ricky. Ricky. That fucking means something. All right. You show the FTW Championship some respect, sir. That's a that's a title. It's a title. You know, title on the card. Because it's shown no respect because Tony doesn't show respect. Hey Brian. That's why. Shut up, bitch. (laughs) End the podcast. All right. No, it's it's definitely been 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 fun um, chatting with with my fellows over here. Uh, thank you for for tuning in to episode two of Do the Move podcast. Yeah.